0: Uh, what is nothing? Now that's deep. What in the fuck are we doing here? Something. What is something? That's deep, bro. <laughs> serious questions with silly people. I'm Christina Pachitsky, your host, and uh, I hope you had a great week. I hope it was meaningful. I hope you enjoyed your life. Enjoy it while you can, because you're not in control of it. Did you know that? <laughs> you're not in control of anything, man. There's very few things you're in control of. We'll talk about that today. Uh but first oh hey do you want to support that's deep bro I'd appreciate that if you would um you know when you do your Amazon shopping which I know you do I just I literally right before sitting down to do this podcast unwrapped about 3 months worth of toilet paper uh which is like amazing there's there's no better feeling than doing the subscribe and save feature on Amazon where you can like automate all the stuff in your life that you don't want to deal with, you know, like why, why go to the grocery store and buy, you know, rolls of toilet paper every week or, or the paper towels, all that crap. When you can just have it sent to your house, it's the best. Of course the neighbors are always like, Oh, you guys have another package. You guys are always shopping. You're so, you're so wealthy. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we're millionaires. We can afford to have toilet paper sent to our front door, and paper towels, by the way. And and listen, I know it's not nice to say, but there is no greater feeling than having an endless amount of paper towels to tear through. <laughs> is that is that not green? It's not, but I don't really give a shit anyway. If you if you go to Amazon, uh, shop through my banner. That's deepbropodcast.com. dot com. Click on my banner, takes you to Amazon. You do your shopping as you normally would. Also, on that website, guys, I post every episode there along with relevant links, links to books that I reference. So if you ever are listening to the show and you're like, hey, I wish, I wish I knew that what's that book that she refers to, Uh, most likely I have put it on thatstheeprowpodcast.com so you can check it out. And there we go. Let's get started. I've, I've fucking been obsessing about... Uh, the absolute lack of control I have in my life this week—it's been—it's been really an exercise in like <laughs> giving it up to the gods. Uh, I don't know, man. Let's get into it. Let's get into it. Today is Sunday. It's the Lord's day. I normally don't do anything on Sundays, but uh, my husband is coming home, and, and he's only going to be around for like forty-eight hours this week. So I wanted to have my time with him. So yeah, let's get started. Here we go. I like this song.
1: Get up in the morning slaving for bread, sir. So that every mouth can be fed. Oh, me Israelites, Up in the morning, slaving for bread, sir, uh, so that uh, every mouth can be fed. Oh, 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 oh. me Israelite. oh, 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 Shut them tear up chose I don't want to end up like Bonnie and Clyde.
0: Oh, That's a great number. That's the Israelites' uh, Desmond Decker. I'm not a huge reggae person, but... What the hell? Did you hear that? Somebody's beating something next door. You better not be knocking on my door on a Sunday. I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, I... That was really freakish, considering the reason I played this song, The Israelites, is because I observe a somewhat Jewish, Orthodox Jewish Sabbath. Uh, I am not Jewish, but I have decided to adopt some of what they do, and I, I absolutely love the Jewish Sabbath. Uh, I believe they do it on Saturday, not Sunday, like the Christians and the Catholics. But, man, I, I love the idea of... Uh, or at least in the Orthodox Jew world, on uh on a Saturday, you don't do shit. From like Friday sundown, I think, to is it Saturday sundown? Your oblig your only obligation is to be with your family, uh, to not use technology, no phones, uh, you know, no television. And if you're really extreme, I believe no electricity whatsoever. Um, I think you can use a telephone to call people to bring them over for dinner for the Sabbath dinner, but like, that's about it. And I absolutely, I love this idea of a total technology blackout for just one day, man. Um, I turn my phone off Saturday night. That shit is off, son. Don't you dare come email me on a Sunday. You know what I'm saying? It's my dog let's we'll silence that mic theo was on the other mic there breathing into it uh yeah don't come knocking don't send me no email don't call me because guess what i ain't gonna answer and do not text me about some bullshit that can wait until tomorrow you know what i'm saying you feel me know what i'm talking about so there you go the israelites you gotta clean your head you gotta get your head right well, at least one day out of the week you gotta get your mind right and that involves uh solitude solitude is my absolute imperative in life. I don't know how people, you know, it's just a personality thing, I guess. There are certain people who they love to be around other people all the time. You know, like they can't live without constant socialization. I'm the complete opposite. I get I get stressed out, man, when I got to hang out with people for longer than a fixed time that I am comfortable with. Uh most people exhaust me after a certain amount of time. There's like a handful of folks I can really hang out with extended period. Like, but you know, one of those people obviously being my husband, uh, my dog, um, you know, and like friends that I've had since I was 13 years old. Those are the people I can really, I can really get with. (laughs) And I, you know, my therapist says that's probably, because I have feelings of of being overwhelmed by interactions. Which is so true. I get I get so overwhelmed uh by certain interactions. I don't know. I'm I'm afraid people are gonna I don't know what. Take me over. I don't know. Take my mind. Ugh. I gotta control my environment as much as possible. Cause unfortunately God damn, these kids are tearing this shit apart, Nick door. Unfortunately in life, you can't control a whole lot. For instance, I sit down and do my podcast and these kids next door are like tearing it up. I can hear them through the walls, which is pretty crazy because they're just thick-ass walls. But uh, yeah, you can't, you can't control much, guys. Uh, and that's kind of my horrifying thought for the week. And I wanted to explore this with you. Uh, control. Do you have it? Do you have any ounce of control in your life? Truly, really, when you think about it there is so little you have control of. Um, starting from the time you're conceived, you know, your dad drops a hot load in your mother and hopefully you're born in a desirable part of the world. And by some miracle, the sperm meets the egg and grows from an embryo into a fetus, into a baby and in the unlikely event of your successful birth. Because, you know, what is it? most pregnancies something like I don't know on average 20-30% of pregnancies end uh, unfortunately in miscarriage before they've even had a chance to grow into a fetus man you're not even supposed to really be here really when you think about it which is so crazy my mother mother told me that I was conceived on the living room floor uh, while she and my dad were watching the Groucho Mark show which seems really weird because I'm like, was I conceived in 1950? Like, why couldn't you guys find an episode of Charlie's Angels? How about that? How about anything in the 70s? Why were you watching like 50s shows? Uh, But yeah, you can control so little. Uh, You can't control where you're, where you're born, when you're born, who you're born to. Shit, you're lucky if you got one normal parent. Most of us, I think, have one normal parent and then one we kind of (laughs) tolerate, right? I don't. There's very few people I know that have two excellent parents. You can't. You can't control what family you're born into. If you like those people, I always find it interesting where siblings are. in you know, you're in the same family. Your brother, your sisters, whatever. But like, they're totally different people. I don't even know how that. How does that even happen when you grow up in the same family with similar experiences, similar, you know, context, and you end up so so vastly different. Yeah, you can't you can't control it. You can't control it. The only thing you can, can control is what you eat, for the most part. If you're blessed enough to be, you know, living somewhere, hopefully in the Western Hemisphere where food is readily available and relatively cheap, uh, you, you can control what you eat. You can control when you sleep, sometimes, sometimes not even. Shit, last night I was like, I you know, I have a hard time sleeping when my husband isn't here. It's just me and the dog, and uh I I'm, I'm laying in bed and FIFO I, I he's laying next to me, um, and all of a sudden I smell like like dog treats. I smell like pepperonis. I'm like, what is this smell? And I, I look down and my dog's ass is right in my face, and he just farted right in my face. <laughs> and I'm like, this is my life. This is my fantastic life. A <laughs> dog I sleep with farts in my face. I can't control that. And I've heard stories of dogs shitting in beds. I mean, knock on wood, I don't think Theo has ever shit. No, we've tracked shit into our bed once, but he never shit in the bed. Meaning in the middle of the night I got up to go pee and he had shit in the bathroom and I stepped in it not knowing and you know, tracked it into our bed. So that was kind of nice. Yeah. Well, what else can you not control? You can't control how you, I mean, I always marvel at the fact, there's two things I marvel at. There's many things, but on a regular basis, I marvel at the fact that mail even shows up. Like, it's so crazy to me that a a stupid letter from some part of the world, you know, goes through this mystical, amazing process by which it starts in one part of the world, flies across the globe, is sorted out with all these other pieces of junk mail and crap. And then some human being has to sort them out by, by you know, zip codes. And then another human being carries a bag of these letters. It's so probable that any of those letters would slip out and fly away, but they don't. And somehow, miraculously, I get mail. It's like, this shouldn't even fucking be here. Most of the crap I get, I shouldn't even... It's just like, what? How did I? I don't understand. Uh, mail is miraculous to me. The fact that we can get into a car and I can drive from point A to point B without dying. It's its a miracle. Like I, You have no control over that. How many times have you been on the freeway? This has happened to me twice in my life. Where had I left the house two seconds earlier, I would have been the car two or three ahead of me. That got into the accident. Like I, I was on uh, the four oh five about seven years ago, and I'm not even shitting you. Two cars ahead of me. I hear tires squealing, and all of a sudden this car fucking rolls, bro, like rolls into another lane, and everybody's just stomping on their uh their brakes and it's just a sea of like red lights and chaos and um you know, I luckily just swerve around it. And I'm like, dude, that could have been me. That was, that was me. <laughs> had I had I left the house when I was supposed to, because I'm usually late. That could have been me. And, uh, you know, you just think of like, how little, how little man you have control of meeting your spouse or your mate or meeting friends, or when you think about all the varieties of combinations like my husband, like, dude, how was how he even, you know, he was lucky enough to, he could have been born in Peru where his mother is from. I could have been born in Hungary where my family is from. And how is it that we met at this club in, you know, in 1999 or whatever the hell it was, 2000? Uh, it's, it's all so improbable. Your, your existence is highly improbable. Although I think uh, what Stephen Hawking would say is that in some possible world, it exists exactly. As it is, or some Stephen Hawking has, I don't know if he came up with it, the possible worlds theory that every variation of your life does exist in a parallel universe in another possible world. Hey, it's probable. I think it's one of those ideas that's just like, an idea that um, physicists and like super nerds love to talk about. (laughs) Like, why? Why can't it be that there's a probable possible world in which a, a, Christina somewhere else in a parallel universe is recording a podcast similar to this one uh, in, in a similar house with similar children playing next door with a dog. I don't fucking know. It's it's all crazy. It's just all crazy. So I'll tell you what led me into this. Uh, so interesting. I don't even know how I ended up here this week. Uh, you know what's interesting? This podcast for me is really just a stream of consciousness. I think if I look at the themes from when I started... To where I am today, it's it really is just uh, letting you guys in on the shit that I obsess about every week. And you know, there seems to be themes that run through people from my life, I'm sure, through your life. And it's kind of interesting just to pay attention to them because I think we all have the same thoughts, feelings, inclinations. I'm assuming we do because we're all human, and we all share a world. And, like, I mean, actually, I I don't think we all do. I mean, you know, I've got family members that aren't really in there. I mean, mentally checked in, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I think we all have those. But those of you that get it, and I know you're listening to this, so you get it. We all go through shit. Okay, so here we go. Mm. I got my Sprite this week. It's a good one. So my dear friend Eric, my old writing partner from my cartoon days, uh, we text incessantly throughout the day uh, about our various bowel movements. He's one of those friends. You know of those friends that are like, bro, I'm taking a shit right now. Oh, yeah, I'm taking a shit too. Uh, we send each other vulgar pictures, mo- mostly. Um, oh, what did he send me? This is great. He sent me a screen grab of like the Urban Dictionary word uh, for post-fartum depression. Hold on this isn't exactly deep, but it's pretty funny. (laughs) Let me find uh, post-fartum depression. That's so great. I think it's when you fart and nobody acknowledges it properly, like your spouse, your wife, uh, your dog. It's like you do it, you do this amazing work and nobody Nobody uh, acknowledges you. And who hasn't had that? Here it is. The sense of let down after your cat, dog, or spouse does not, does not recognize your fart with as much enthusiasm as you were feeling it deserved. It deserved. <laughs> so stupid. Oh, the world is an amazing place, isn't it? Post-fartum depression. <laughs> you see how classy this show is? <sighs> okay. So my dear friend, Eric, um, usually sends me frivolous things like that, but this week he texted me this wonderful, wonderful link. It's like a very random, um, looks like a Tumblr post from this girl. I'm going to read this to you. Cause I, I, I read it and it really resonated I think with both of us, with both Eric and myself, obviously, which is why he sent it. Uh, So here, I'm going to see. Here we go. Uh, This blog, it's on Tumblr. It's called The Age of Sincerity, a.k.a. DaisyRosario.com. D-A-I-S-Y-R-O-S-A-R-I-O.com. She writes, sometimes funny, sometimes political, always quoting Jay-Z. Hilarious. I like that. I like Jay-Z, too. He's a... He raps like I rap. We have good raps. Alright, so here we go. Uh, this is kind of a heavy, heavy post but I, I you know, again, it just stuck with me. Alright, here we go. Here we go. She writes, All the highly empathetic people I know in my life have had abusive home lives and that's because we were trained to read a situation at any given moment in our homes and learn how to react within seconds because if we didn't And said or did the wrong thing, we'd get fucked up and hurt and beat. But like, subconsciously always reading the mood of any atmosphere or space you're in, always being able to gauge how people feel, it's not a fucking gift. It's exhausting. You can't turn it off, even if you want to. You read the situation, and if it's negative, you freak out, because if someone's angry at you, it's the end of the world. Like we've internalized the scars from our childhood when an adult being mad at you was the worst thing ever and it's carried with us into adulthood. It's hard to unlearn all that. So like a lot of us have mental health or anxiety issues because we also start internalizing all the energy from people, be it positive or negative, and so anxiety-inducing and frustrated to the point of tears. Wow, huh? That is deep, bro. Um, so, you know, some people commented under it, and then uh, she writes, I've been told I should look into the fact that I might have PTSD, and reading this makes me feel like it's probably true. So, I mean, what she is describing is, from what I understand, PTSD, and I think I think a lot of us that grew up in a chaotic household totally resonate with this. You, If you've grown up in a fucked up environment, um, you learn to read signs a lot because it is really how you survived uh, a lot of your childhood is being able to read what the grownups are doing and from what I understand through years of therapy, that's not how it should go. (laughs) From what, from what I understand, um, the parents are supposed to adapt to what the children are doing and the children aren't supposed to spend their time uh, and, and, and worry adapting to what the adults are doing. Uh, and that is what happens. You grow up with a sense of like, oh my God, is somebody mad at me? And if somebody's mad at me, this is the end of the world. And, Ah, I have to be able to read the signs. What's going to happen? And and I I find myself doing this a lot, where like you know you, some conflict comes up, and in your head you're like calculating the angles, right? Like okay, if I, shit, if I if I say this to him or her, so and so, are they going to do this? And if they do that then is this to happen and oh my God, it's all going to be awful and my world's going to come over and I'm going to end up homeless in the streets and I have no teeth uh, uh, and I'm going to sleep in a box and it's going to be awful and it, the world is over. Um, yeah. And that my friends is part of having control issues. And if you're listening to this and if any of that inner monologue sounded remotely familiar to you, I think you might have control issues. <laughs> God knows I do. (coughs) Um, Yeah, shit, I've spent thousands of dollars uh, to deal with my own control issues. You know, and I I feel like some people don't have those issues. Like, I don't know why I I was watching some stupid Jennifer Aniston movies today. I love you know, sometimes I like to watch these romantic comedies. And there's one where she's like, having sex with her dad or the guy she believes might be her dad. You know, I'm not too keen on the incest uh, themes and in romantic comedies. I'm not sure why they throw that in there. Like Wes Anderson loves to throw incest in too, to like the Royal She's Like, could you not maybe have a theme where a brother and sister fall in love? Is that really necessary to the plot? The point being, I'm so envious of these characters and films uh, that have this carefree sort of you know well actually she generally jenna Aston generally plays like these anxiety high high anxiety ladies but uh but she also plays more of these these freewheeling you know free spirit like oh no you know who's a better example is blythe danner god god i wish blythe danner was my mother fuck she's so like i mean i know she made one of the paltrow who's a complete asshole but but that Blythe Denner in films, when I watch her, I'm, I'm like, oh my God, she looks like the best mom. Doesn't she look like she'll just bake you cookies and she's always wearing something like flowy and 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 her hair is all soft and like she just wears like appropriate makeup and uh, she always looks like she has kind things to say, you know, like uh, not, not shitty things uh, that my mother liked to say to me. But you know nice things, <laughs> appropriate, not criticism. I feel like my mother uh, was really good at criticizing. That's her, that was her sport is being able to identify people's flaws like really well. Like, she could just meet you and know what sucks about you. You're like, wow, that is, that is amazing. That's a superpower. How the hell did you figure that out? So anyway, <sighs> control, you're always trying to, I'm always trying to work the angles, Right. And uh, that way of existing is exhausting. And that is exactly what I work on uh, in my life is to get over the what if, what if, how can I prevent, uh, you know, if I'm and, and being afraid of disappointing people is, is tremendous too. Bruce Jenner said that in his interview, that that was his big fear is that he would disappoint people. And I, I think, you know, God, if you have blood in your heart pumping through you, Blood in your veins, you know, not, not Teflon. You really relate to that. I think we're all afraid of disappointing somebody or, or, or or I, you know, I, I still have that childhood thing of being afraid of some, oh my God, they're mad at me. You know, even though now through years of, uh, of overriding that crazy wiring, it's still there. It's still there a little bit, but you know, come on, we rationally, I know that who gives a shit, let that, that person's going to do them. Right? the person's gonna do them. What, what are you gonna? What are you? What are you gonna do? Control someone else's feelings? You can't. You can't. So here we go. Uh, you have little control over shit. We've already identified this at the beginning of this episode, right? Um, just be thankful for small things. Let's start there. <laughs> I was I was sitting on my couch, and I was I, I like to eat and watch television. It's my ritual. I, we don't have a dining room table because uh, we're derelicts. I you know, I I like to do it American old school. I eat dinner in front of the television. And I have this neurosis where I have to have my program picked out in advance while my food is being prepped so that when I sit down with my food, I can immediately watch my desired show. And I was I you know, I had my show picked out and then I you know, something happened with the remote and like this, the, the the I think I was watching Caesar nine one one, you know. And uh, it, the program switched off for some reason, and I reach for the remote control and I start fidgeting with it. And I was like, God damn, I can't! You know when it doesn't line up the beeper to the, the transmitter, and you're like, motherfucking shit! And now my arms all the way up over my head. I'm trying to contort myself so I don't have to. Fuck! And my food's ready, and I'm hungry. And all of a sudden, the channel landed on some Indian orphans. I'm sorry, some deaf. No, 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 blind. They were blind Indian orphans reading Braille. <laughs> and it was like one of those religious channels where that crazy purple haired lady was like, we help the the blind Indian orphans read Braille because they don't have anything. They only have rice and diapers to wear. And I'm like, what, what am I complaining about? And here I am getting so angry about my, my remote, my white people problems. Meanwhile, there's, you know, orphans in India. that can't, can't afford Braille. And, and, you know, anyway, I like to start from that position of like uh, the control thing. You just Be lucky. Be, be, consider yourself lucky and blessed that you're born in the right part of the world. That's like half the battle. If you're first world, God, you, you've already hit the jackpot. You know what I'm saying? Like first world existence, fantastic. Okay. You didn't, you couldn't control it, but you got it. So that's aces. And then all the other stuff in your life, uh, I think, okay, so there's this great quote from Albert Einstein that says, the biggest decision you make in your life is to decide whether or not we live in a hostile universe or a friendly universe. Now, that's not exactly how he said it because I I didn't, you know, find the quote exactly. But basically, uh, what I understand that to mean is do you see us living in a, a world that's kind of unified um, in a harmonious dance or do you see it as a series of random things that are kind of set up? Uh, to just not mean anything, maybe to work against you. you never, I'm sure we've all felt that way. We're like, everything's working against me. God damn it. Um, yeah, and you know, I, I don't like to get into this uh, a lot of woo 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 we talk because it feels so it's so fucking queer. But um, yeah, so decide if the universe is hostile or if it is friendly, and then I think you know, look with all this crap about um the secret and um all these self-help gurus that tell you you can think your way into controlling a lot of your circumstances i don't really subscribe to that i you know i watched the secret years and years ago and i i think there is something valid extremely valid to positive thinking but I don't think you could control well, what's going to happen to you. you. You definitely can't control your reactions to things, right? Which is what we try to do. Um, yeah, you know what's a problem with all that shit, with the, with the secret and all that? They use kooky shoes words, you know, like, oh, it's the energy, oh, it's the universe, it's abundance, and all, like the words in the self-help movement make it sound so ridiculous like just childish uh magical language you know like the the problem is they're not crazy ideas inherently they're not crazy ideas inherently but the language around them is so bizarre you know the ideas in the self help movement and the secret and all this crap they're essentially eastern ideas but to you know westerners we have to gimmick it up we have to make it a panacea we have to we have to brand everything to death. So that's how they, they put kooky words on stuff. Energy. The energy. We gotta feel the energy. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck does that even mean? I remember someone said that, to, to, you know, your energy. It's your energy. I'm like, what the hell are what are you talking about? You know, instead of the word energy, maybe we could say the manner in which you do things, right? Doesn't that to me, that's a little more intuitive. Like, instead of being like, oh, your energy is off, how about just say, like, you know what, the manner in which you're you're going about doing things is inappropriate. Like, it's not, it's not working. You're spooking everyone else up. Uh, yeah, I don't, I don't, it's like the manner in which an object or a person acts, you know, I, I could see that the manner in which somebody acts, you know, and then they call it the the, and the the universe provides, the universe, da, da, da. Why don't you say like, oh, but circumstances. You know, maybe the word circumstance over the word universe. It's so, it's so wooey. And the worst, oh, oh, and then like abundance. All the abundance. You're like, what the fuck? How about say like rewards of your action? Maybe it's the rewards of an action is, is abundance. The rewards for something. But, you know, that makes me crazy. And what really makes me want to vomit... Is the uh the inner child phrase. Jesus Christ, your your inner child it, it makes me crazy. And it's it's not because it's a bad idea, all these ideas are fantastic, but the 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 fucking the, the lexicon of it is ridiculous. And I think that's why so many people who need uh self help <clears throat> are are totally turned off by it. Because it sounds like the same crazy shit they probably grew up around. You know, it sounds crazier than the crazy home they grew up in. <laughs> Why would you want to be a part of something that's even wackier uh, than the stuff you came up around? But yeah, inner child, the, you know, I think a, a way to rephrase that would be, you know, the wounded part of yourself. The the wounded core. The, that's, the, you know, your, your bag of bullshit that you carry around essentially is your... your anyways so here we go um i think the key to all this stuff uh is surrender and i I, you know i i've talked about the idea of non-attachment before in 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 a previous show but uh i think you got to surrender in the sense of And I hate to use the word God, because if you're not religious, that's like a really loaded term. But, you know, to surrender to a sense that everything will be all right, eventually. And that, and for those of us who grew up in chaotic households, that's a really hard idea to grasp that everything will be all right. Because, you know, if, if you've got it drilled into your head very early in your life that, hey, guys, actually, that's not true. Like, My world did fall apart a few times as a kid. Like the worst case scenario sometimes did happen to me as a kid. It's really hard to undo that as an adult. But um, I think it's really imperative because when you look at it, the reality of things is that most of the time the stuff does kind of work out okay. And the majority of the stuff I spend obsessing over and worrying about most of the time never comes to fruition. (laughs) The deadly cancer I am sure uh, is ravaging my body as we speak has yet to manifest itself. The stroke that I'm sure I will have any moment that will uh, paralyze me from the waist down and ruin my life has yet to happen. Um, The earthquake that's going to... uh, allow the earth to swallow my home into it and my dog and my husband. <laughs> that stuff hasn't happened. Um, you know. But even when day-to-day crap goes wrong, you, it's like, dude, it really, most of the time, it really does end up okay. And I, I hate to sound like a Pollyanna, but even when the bad shit happens for a minute, ultimately it levels off to be, an, to be a scenario that works out much better for you. Uh, I mean, it sounds stupid, but You know, I don't know that 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 is kind of the good stuff about the secret and all that crap is that it doesn't hurt to look on the bright that doesn't hurt you to be kind of positive and be like, yeah, but you know, hey, if this earthquake comes and swallows up my house, I guess I'll go find another house. (laughs) There's not a lot short of death that can really fuck you up. All the other stuff is situational. And that can, uh, that can be resolved. So I wanted to play this video for you. I absolutely love this this uh yogi, this swami. Uh, his name is Sri Swami Sachidananda, and he's like this famous guru from the sixties. He spoke at Woodstock. Um he's like, you know, he's like one of these trendy gurus from the sixties. And I absolutely love him because he's got a really great sense of humor and he laughs a lot. And uh and I love when he searches for English words. It's like it's the most adorable thing when like this cute little Indian guy with a white beard uh, doesn't know words for things and makes me laugh. Um anyway, I wanted to play this this clip of him uh cuz he talks about control and the and the nature of it. And um essentially just to give you some background, you uh you want to control things uh, because the the mind doesn't want to deal with disappointment you expect something to happen and it doesn't and you're terrified of the thing not being what you thought it would be you're terrified of the negative outcome so here he is Sri Swami Sachi Dananda and
1: don't look for the temporary happiness that is the secret message hidden behind Adam and the apple (laughs) if it's an apple is it an apple? yeah Okay. Hmm. Forbidden apple. Bhagavad Gita says the same thing. I have created you to act, but not for its fruit. They use the same word, fruit. Karmanye vadikāraste ma paleshu. No fruit for you. Your duty is to act. Function as I commended you. And whatever the outcome is, offer it to others. You should not expect to eat for you. Or in simple words, live a selfless life. Don't do everything with a selfish motive behind. It is the selfishness that wants you to eat the fruit of your own action. Instead, offer the fruit to others. There is a symbol behind even taking some fruits to the altars and offering it to the God. I offer my fruit to you, God. So, it is the selflessness that keeps your mind always serene. It is the selfishness that constantly creates problems in our mind. Selfishness means anything that you do, look for some return. Whatever you do, if you do a little thing, you want to Send a thank you note. You expect a thank you note. Look at that. I sent it. That fellow didn't even have the courtesy to send me a thank you note. You sent it with all loving. And then when you didn't get the thank you note, you got so upset.
0: (laughs) There you go. Sri Swami Sajitananda. And I think the point of that is, you know, the mind Cooks an idea. You have an idea of how you want things to go. It it mulls it over. Um, You want something to happen. Maybe something other than what you wanted to happen happens, Um, or maybe something good happens the way you wanted it to happen, and now your mind is back at peace. But it's always a cycle, right? You're always in this uh, this cycle of like, I want something to happen. Is it going to go right? Is it going to go wrong? (laughs) What's going to happen? and then back to peace. And, and, you know, that's not saying don't do anything. It's just saying like, oh, that's the nature of our minds. The nature is expectations. And a lot of the times, we're so afraid, you know, that if we can't control what the outcome of stuff, we're not going to be happy. Or, you know, what's going to happen if I if this doesn't go right? What'll happen if you know, oh my God, my husband doesn't do things the way I want him to. What if Tom doesn't bring home the right kind of sugar for the brownies? The whole night's going to be ruined. Like, really? I mean, you don't always really know what the best outcome for you is, first of all. <laughs> and I'm using the brownie example as something really minute and stupid. But uh, you, you can't you can't control uh, what you think will make you happier either. Uh a lot of time when stuff doesn't work out in your favor, like I said, ultimately is for a better reason. But I think we're, we're so afraid, um, afraid of everything. I think that's why people want to control stuff, right? You're, you're afraid of the outcome. You're afraid if that it doesn't go this way or that way, I won't be able to handle whatever happens to me. And there's this great book, uh, Feel the Fear and Do It Anyways by Susan Jeffers. I highly recommend this if you have fear and control issues. Um, and, you know, some basic tenets are all, just know that you can handle stuff when it happens, right? That's why we want to control everything because we're like, oh, but if I don't, then this will happen and I'll be like. <laughs> she's saying know that you can handle whatever happens, right? If something bad goes down and you feel bad feelings, you can handle those feelings. And also acknowledge that all of life is fear. Meaning, like, it's it's pretty much a uh, continual uh, Ferris wheel of fear. I don't think fear ever goes away. I don't think uh, you ever wake up and go, oh, yeah, I'm totally 100% fearless, and, and everything's awesome. All, all of life is fear. And And I, and I mean that like on a daily basis, there are things that you do maybe that will scare you and you just have to do them all the time, all of life. And it never goes away. Fear will never go away. It's not something you conquer. And I, when people say like, you got to conquer your fears, like, well, yeah, you do, but guess what? Something else will pop up in its place. Usually. Um, there's no cure all, (laughs) there's no cure-all. There's an acknowledgement of how your mind works, which is what Swami is talking about, Um, expectations and how to kind of manage your expectations and stuff. But fear never goes away. (laughs) And I don't believe people who say that the opposite is true. I fear of certain things. Like I don't fear talking in public in front of people anymore, but that's because it took about, you know, 10 years of doing it. Uh, You know night after night hour after hour i've got whatever those ten thousand hours of practice are so it doesn't bother me as much But there are other fears that'll manifest that will come out like i've conquered that and now this other thing will pop up and The only way to get rid of a particular fear is to do it Everybody knows that so that is that is one way to conquer a fear just not all fear Right, you just got to fucking do it over and over again, man Just like the stand up I used to have diarrhea every day, every day. I knew I had a set at night. I would just shit all day and I feel violently ill. And then, you know, one day that sickness went away, believe it or not. And also to acknowledge that everybody has fears. This isn't just you. It's not just me. It's everybody. It is everybody. Everybody has fear about something. And it's so you forget that as a human, because we assume if somebody else looks confident, that They've got it all together and yeah, I'm sure they have some shit together, but Everybody goes uh, through fear and anxiety. It's so oh, It's the worst. It's just part of being human And also I think how to control how to deal with control stuff Is uh, the idea of allowing things to happen versus making things happen um, An example of that is like my dog theo when we adopted him was very ill He came to us very ill uh, from a shelter, a rescue shelter, and um, it was so devastating because we got him and then two days later we had to check him into the ICU and they uh, made a sign like a do not resuscitate DNR form. They're like, well, your dog probably won't make it through the night. We're like, what? We just got this animal. You got to be shitting me. Um, but of course he lived. He had like pneumonia, like dog pneumonia and a bunch of other horrible viruses, but he got really, really skinny and Um, I remember the days leading up to when we took him to the ICU, I was trying to kind of nurse him back to health. I was so panicked. I would feed him every four hours by hand. Like I would take yogurt, put on my finger and he would just lick it off or I would just try to try to force him to eat. And then when he got, came out of the hospital, I was so obsessed with him, his eating and his pooping that like it it became to the point where I was stressing this dog out because I'm like, did you eat? Did you eat? Did you shit? How about now? Are you going to shit now? Do you have to poo? You know, and every time the dog would take a shit, Tom and I would high five each other and clap. And you're like, what am I doing? Why am I? I'm so obsessed about this dog eating and shitting just because I've been traumatized from this previous experience with him in the hospital. And then Eventually, how I got over that is I allowed things to happen versus making them happen. And I just one day said, you know what? Actually, it was my dad. I was talking to my father about it. I go, I'm so nervous. The dog's not eating. and He's so skinny. He's underweight. The vet says he's got to eat. And my dad goes, ah, fuck. Don't worry about it. Listen, the dog's going to gain weight. Just give it some time. You know, when the dog is hungry, the dog is going to eat. When the dog, he starts to see the dog is going to drink. <laughs> and just like that, with some old school Eastern block wisdom, I was like, yeah, I think you're right, bro. I think that I just got to back the fuck off here. I got to let this happen. <laughs> and sure enough, you know, I gave the dog space and the dog got hungry and the dog ate and the dog took a shit and the dog pissed and the dog gained weight. And the dog is healthy and happy today. And that was two years ago. Um, so yeah, and, 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 and you know, you can't force anything to happen. You can't force other people to do what you want. You can't make anything happen. That, don't, don't let the self-help movement fool you that you can make anything happen. You can't make it happen, but you can allow it to happen. Meaning you cannot sabotage yourself. How many times have something shown up in your life and you, you fucked yourself out of it because of whatever crazy thing you did to get rid of that opportunity or you sabotage yourself. You go, oh, I'm not ready. I can't do this. I oh, know this is not. A... Or, you know, sometimes the biggest opportunities come and you're, you don't even recognize how big it is in the moment because you're not there. You're not, you're not present enough to acknowledge what's happening. Uh so yeah, but that's part of letting stuff happen and and what that means too is is being present and being there and being emotionally available to receive new shit in your life, right? Instead of being hung up on the past, which is what we do, which is what I was doing with the dog, oh my god, the dog's gonna die, he's not gonna eat Hell, <laughs> how is he gonna eat? Is he gonna eat and when you, you carry that way of being, right, into the present, and then your dog senses that and he goes, Oh bitch, I'm not gonna eat. What are you all stressed out about yeah <laughs> dog knows i've been I've been reading Caesar Milan books those dogs those dogs sense energy man energy, the manner in which you do something they sense the manner in which you do something. Are you frantic? you're gonna repel the animal if you're calm, you're gonna attract an animal. That's for sure same goes with human beings, man same goes um But I think there are some things you can control and that, in fact, a lot of us turn a blind eye to things that you must be vigilant about. You know what I'm talking about. It's the stuff you don't want to look at because maybe you're afraid of. Maybe there's there's bills that you haven't opened uh, because you're terrified of the numbers. Listen, there was times I was so poor. And I just going to the mailbox and checking the mail was such a source of massive anxiety for me that I wouldn't check the mail for days and days and days. And my husband was like, what is wrong with you? Just check. The mail. Um, but I, I wasn't consciously avoiding. I was just avoiding. I didn't know that, that that's what I was doing. I was, I was avoiding instead of confronting what was in front of me. And and that's such a human tendency, but Man, the stuff you can control, you should. And here's some shit that I I always take control of. And and I have to say, when you control the things you can, it does tend to minimize the level of bullshit that shows up at your front door. Okay? And here's some stuff you got to control. You got to fucking, you know, ovary up, sack up, nut up, and do some stuff. Like, you got to look at bank statements, bro. You got to look... At your financials, you gotta look at the numbers of things. You gotta look at stuff, you know, royalty reports. You gotta look at the at, at bank statements for sure. Anything that money that's like automated that comes through your life, because you know machines are fallible, and especially people are fallible. And they may, maybe not someone's out to fuck you, but sometimes they are. <laughs> you gotta keep your eye. On your money on your stuff Um, be vigilant about those things Uh, look at the people you trust to oversee your everyday business transactions your everyday things Um, I deal with managers agents lawyers various you know agents managers lawyers and uh, I'll tell you what I do I trust them yeah I do. Otherwise, I wouldn't work with these particular people. But at the same time, I don't expect them um, to take care of me the way mommy or daddy would. Meaning I keep an eye on what they do. Okay, and and you got to do that. I, I Keep an eye on the people that you just naturally assume should be doing the right thing. Because sometimes they don't, man. Look at poor Dane Cook. And oh, this is a this is a common knowledge story. I don't think I'm sharing anything that um, he hasn't already but his uh, his own stepbrother stole millions from him and was his accountant and uh that shit happens a lot so don't be afraid to stare down stark realities like credit card debt too i I mean look there was a time in my life i had a staggering amount of credit card debt and it it wasn't due to consumer debt it was just buying plane tickets to go feature and you know des moines iowa for a fucking week uh but those problems grow things like debt and and financial stuff that just gets worse when you don't keep an eye on it So the things you can control you should As much as you can you pay your taxes for god's sakes. Just pay the taxes Don't put that off either man. I have seen so many people go down to the irs They do not fuck around the irs does not play and do not play with them Keep an eye on everybody, even your own family. And I don't say this to be paranoid. I'm just saying, you know, there might be people in your own family who you got to check and be like, bro, that's not a good idea. I had a family member try to get me into a pyramid scheme about a year ago. (laughs) And I don't think that person did it intentionally. I just think they, they weren't aware of what was being asked of them and therefore what would be asked of me and I was like what you know but you trust people so you do you you do what you what you think they want you to do in no fucking way and also bros the things you can control you gotta cut out the narcissists the sociopaths the the people that wreak havoc in your life you gotta cut those motherfuckers, loose bros, cut it loose. I can't tell you, uh, you know, if that's one thing you can't control, it's it's who you surround yourself with, what friends you keep, uh, who you allow into your home, into your world. And I can't tell you how many times I've seen it where, you know, there are people that are boundary steppers, boundary crosses that come in. They think that, that your shit is their shit. And they're maybe they're crazy and they think they're entitled to your shit, like your husband, like your your job, like whatever the hell. And I know it sounds I'm sounding crazy, maybe, but I, I gotta tell you, they exist. These nutbags exist. You gotta cut them loose. Oh my god, there's a great book. This is gonna sound so stupid, but by Dr. Phil, I'm telling you, I'm telling you. <laughs> is Doctor Phil a philosopher? Maybe. A philosopher of <laughs> of Texas Texas philosophy but he's got this great book called Life Code Life Code it sounds so stupid the cover is stupid uh, I'm embarrassed to tell you that I I uh, read this book but for those of us that have control issues that have fear issues it's kind of a great book cuz it tells you how psychos and narcissists and sociopaths operate and what you can do to protect yourself against a lot of this stuff, I highly recommend the book "Life Code." It sounds ridiculous, it's a it's a good read. Doctor Phil's ridiculous; uh, he has these ridiculous isms and sayings that are fun, so it's worth it. Um, so there you go. I think that's all I had for you guys. Yeah, surrender versus control. Yeah, control is being attached to a specific outcome. That's all that is. You think you know what you want. You think you know it. It's not always right for you. And there you have it. You got to give it up, man. You got to give it up to God. You got to a sense that everything's going to be okay. You have to have faith in yourself above all to be able to handle whatever the hell comes your way. I think that's really the key. If, you, if you're not going to give it to a God, I'm not telling you to believe in God because I'm not sure I do some days, but, you know, believe in yourself. Believe in your abilities to handle whatever life throws you, right? That's all you can do. That's all you can do. And if shit doesn't go your way this time, you know what? It may not go your way next time either. But there's nothing you can do. You just got to keep on keeping on in the right direction. And don't let that shit get you down, sons. (laughs) What's that saying? You can get bitter, you can get better. I don't know who said that. I think Creation the rapper, said that. But um, don't get bitter. It's not worth it. Should I wear that man? Should I wear that so much better to be try to maintain some level of happiness uh no matter what life throws at you right? You gotta when you look at people in the Sudan, <laughs> oh my God, I've been to um Djibouti, I've been to Ethiopia, I've been to Afghanistan, and uh it's always amazing that you meet happy people in these parts parts of the world man because you're like you got nothing to be happy about you guys don't even have like a big tv you know you guys don't even have like (sighs) come on where's where's your iphone (laughs) what is that like an iphone 4 oh my god (laughs) gross (laughs) you're like what do these fools have but they're happy i guess i don't know maybe that's me romanticizing um other cultures it probably is at any rate, bros, stay positive, um don't be a Pollyanna, but you know know that you are a capable human being, you're a capable person, and uh hey, man, your past doesn't define you right doesn't define me. I'm inventing that shit every day. Invent yourself every day and don't look to reality, you gotta look above it, you gotta look to your goddesses, you gotta look to your gods, you know what I mean. No, you don't. I don't know if I ever talked about this. I I don't. I uh, I don't. Uh, I here's the thing: the world is so fucked up to me in so many ways. I don't look to the world for 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 much inspiration. I try to look above it. Find your Hindu goddesses. Find your your maybe it's Mother Mary. Maybe it's Guanyin. Maybe it's Lakshmi. Maybe it's Durga. Uh, maybe it's Vishnu, whoever, find your entities, find your spirit guides and look to them because that's where you want to be, right? And it's not because the world is such a shit place, which sometimes it is, but you want to look above the world. You want to aspire to the heights, the heights of humanity, not the depths. And, And humans are fallible, but the gods, the goddesses, well, some of them are too in Hinduism, but... I don't know. Pick someone, pick a pick a pick an Indian god, a Hindu god you like, <laughs> and, st- and and pray to them. That's what I try to do. All right, guys, um, have a great week. Thanks for listening to this. Write me if you want to hear about any particular topic. That's Row podcast at gmail dot com. Thank you again for downloading this episode. And I'm gonna have guests back. I swear, it's just been cray cray with travel. Um, Scheduling has been a nightmare. Um, We're going to have some great people coming up. And, yeah, I'll catch you next time, guys. And you know what? That's been D, bro.
1: Now what? I don't know.
0: know. Philosophize Philosophize with